This is AMA Fantasy Football, the only fantasy football podcast dedicated solely to you, the fans. Email us your questions at amafantasyfootball at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at amafantasy, and we guarantee your questions will be answered. Now, here is your host, Ellie Berkovitz. Good afternoon, everybody. Hope you're all staying safe, and welcome to another edition of AMA Fantasy Football. You can find us on Twitter at AMA Fantasy. I am your host, Eli Berkovitz, and you can find me on Twitter at Book of Eli underscore NFL. Today on AMA Fantasy, we will, as always, be answering all the fans' questions, and after the break, play a quick lightning round going over rankings and where players will finish this season. But before we get to any of that, I am very excited to announce that fantasy expert and contributor at the fantasyfootballers.com, Lauren Carpenter, is going to be joining me on the show today. How are you doing, Lauren? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the invite. It's my pleasure. I've been seeing your content on Twitter by the Fantasy Footballers, and it's just awesome, and I'm really happy to have you on. So thanks for taking the time. Oh, thank you so much. Not a problem. It's my pleasure. I am hoping I do not disappoint your fans. <laughs> I think Sorry if I, do. <laughs> I don't think you I think it'll be great. Um right now during, you know, this quarantine, everything going on, how how have you been handling it? What have you been doing to stay busy? Has work been the same? Have you had to shift things up? How's it been? It's been good. Um the only I actually work from home. I own my own business and um so I, I build websites, so it's very at home oriented. Mm-hmm. So now I no longer have the excuse of not working out because oh. <laughs> everyone else is at home working out and getting fit and losing weight. And it's now I'm, I have no excuse. Yeah. I have to start like getting in shape. So I did start a new workout plan, which I absolutely love. So that has been really great. I also recently started writing for fantasy pros. So I've added some oh, more nice. content. Yeah. Which is really exciting. I haven't published anything yet. So I really haven't, you know, thrown it out there on social media yet. I'm just waiting until I have some content. But yeah, it's like, you know, I'm like, wow, everyone else is doing all of these things. I need to step my game up. I need to step it up. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I've been doing. But yeah, it's actually been kind of the same for me. I'm a homebody anyway. So it's, it's kind of like, eh, you know. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in in the (laughs) same boat. Honestly, the last few months, I mean, it would be great if things were normal, but not much as, you know, you're just doing a lot of writing, watching a lot of football, Staying inside doesn't really bother me too much, so I guess yeah, it's I mean like ninety thousand degrees here in oh. Florida, so staying inside is like it's mandatory unless yeah. you want to die of I heat can, stroke. Yeah, I'm in I'm in Chicago and I think it's bad. I can only imagine what it's like <laughs> in Florida right now. No, yeah, it's bad. It's hot. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I've never done good in the heat. I'm good right here in Chicago. <laughs> but all right, Lauren. So let's we'll get to the first fan question of the day. This one comes in via email from Ray in Atlanta. Should Hi, I? Ray. He wants to know, should I jump on the Hayden Hurst hype train? I really liked this question. Okay, um, yes, but with tempered expectations. I love what Austin Hooper was able to do in uh, Atlanta, and I think that Hayden Hurst is just as talented as he is. I think it may take him a little bit of time to get into that kind of hyper tight end role I think he'll play in Matt Ryan's offense but I also love Matt Ryan this year I think their offense is just going to he's going to be back to that QB2 you know how he always like waffles yeah you know like every other year every other year (laughs) but this is that year coming back up and I don't just say that because of the numbers there's other reasons 
But I think Hayden Hurst is going to do very well. Um, if you don't want to rely on him as your starter, totally understandable. You can get him late, and he can be one of those streaming options where if you have a bench that's large enough, you can stash him and use him for those really solid, yeah. juicy tight end matchups. But I think he's going to surprise a lot of people if – they're doubting him. So yes, I'm all, all on, I'm like on board. If I can speak, I swear to God, I haven't <laughs> been drinking yet. It's only noon here. Only no, noon. I'm not drinking yet. But uh, I think it might take a little time. But I don't. Maybe like four weeks or something at the most. I think he's gonna do well. Yeah. I'm excited for him. I, I have the same thing here. I said it might take a couple weeks, but I think I think he's being underrated. I mean, looking at the in Matt Ryan's career, he's played with two tight ends that were legitimately good. Tony Gonzalez, obviously Hall of Famer, and then Austin Hooper, who seems to be rising. During their times in Atlanta, they averaged 97 targets, 69 receptions, 715 yards, and just over five touchdowns. If Hertz did that in 2019, it would have finished as a tight end six. So right, right there, I mean, Ryan targets his tight end if he's good, and Hertz is a former first round pick. I think he is good. He just didn't get a chance in Baltimore. So I'm with you. I think if Hurst well, had Mark Andrews, I mean, <laughs> exactly. Well, the Mark Andrews owner last year, uh, I was like, Hayden Hurst, get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, you. Now you, I'm like, go Hayden Hurst. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted him out of Baltimore. Yeah, if you had Mark <laughs> Andrews last year, but I'm sure you were pretty happy with Mark Andrews. I was. So. I was. I was all on board Mark Andrews. I think way earlier than a lot of people were, and they thought I was crazy. So I ended up getting Mark Andrews in several different redraft leagues in like the 11th round. They're yeah. like, who? Like, so that's the thing. Waller, Waller was my Andrews. I, I, yeah, I, wasn't, I wasn't fully on Andrews, but I really thought Waller would be great. So I picked him a few times and that, that worked out. So yeah, I'm, I'm all about the late tight end. I'm usually not going to spend a ton of capital on a tight end, honestly. It's just hard for me to do that. But moving on to the second question, this one comes in from Facebook from Tim. Um, who do I target first in half PPR, Robert Woods or Cooper Cup? Oh, my gosh. This one was really hard. Yeah. Um, my recommendation is take a coin and so, <laughs> you know, select which is going to be heads or tails and flip it. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be really, really tough. I think consistency-wise, um, and the fantasy footballers have a really cool uh, consistency chart – Mm -hmm. If you are a member of their footcast or if you have purchased the ultimate draft kit and it will show you where these guys finish um, over, you know, their entire career, uh, actually not their career, excuse me, last three years. Anyway, it goes week by week and it's really cool. I believe that Robert Woods is more consistent than mm -hmm. Cooper Cup. Maybe that's because of injuries. I'm not sure. But me personally. I think I'm going to go with Bobby Trees on this one, but it is by, you can split that hair with a hatchet. It's very close, but I do like um, Robert Woods. Yeah, I hear you on the consistency. There's oh, there's something about Woods. He's just so safe. You know you're getting your 10 points, 12 points out of him, and if he scores, that's great. If he has a bigger game, that's great, but he's never going to give you that four-point dud that a lot of receivers, even great receivers, will give you sometimes. So looking at both of them, in the end, though, I actually decided I was going to go with Cup only because Cup happens to just score more, score more touchdowns. Over the last three seasons for the Rams, Cup has 21 touchdowns, Woods has 13, and Cup obviously had the torn ACL, so he's missed he's missed some time, and he still has eight more touchdowns than Woods. But I have here, I mean, both of them I think are going to finish in that wide receiver two range. I don't think they're going to, there's not going to be a huge difference come end of season because Woods will probably catch more balls and have more yards, but Cup might just have more touchdowns. So I like them both. I don't think you go wrong either way. 
Yep. If you want to be on the safe side and if it's humanly possible, I don't know if it is, but let's say you get a one in a trade or maybe some, you know, moron in your league drops them and you get them off the waiver wire. But last year, actually, Cooper cupped it very well in the first, I believe, six to seven weeks. He had, um, I think, six or seven top 24 finishes, yeah. but then kind of trailed off a little bit. But then Robert Wood stepped up weeks 10 through 17, which is what I'm looking at now, and had one, two, three, four, five, six top 24 finishes, and four of those were 11 or better. Yeah. So it's like they kind of like, it just, I guess, depends on the offense is going to do. Exactly, so really, yeah. you can't go wrong either way. Yeah, you really <laughs> can't. Depends They're... on what time of year. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's going to go back and forth with those two. You're going to get a lot of good weeks and some average weeks, but I like them both. All right, so moving on to our third question of the day, another one from Facebook, this one coming in from Martin. Can the combination of Justin Herbert or Tyrod Taylor, whoever it's going to be, can they sustain a fantasy offense for guys like Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, and Austin Eckler? No. (laughs) (laughs) Very simple. That's just my opinion on it. Okay, there's obviously going to be fantasy points to be had here in this offense. Austin Eckler is just too explosive. He's, you know, Philip Lindsay asked me, obviously Austin Eckler is on a little bit different tier, but still that explosive pass-catching running back that can make plays out of nowhere. Keenan Allen is Keenan Allen. He's a tale of two, you know, yeah. seasons, basically. He is on or he's off, uh, and that was with Philip Rivers. Yeah. And Hunter Henry, I think I lean, um, I like him a little bit, Better than those two if I had to make a choice, simply because if you have a rookie QB coming in, generally the tight end is a security blanket. Dump-off passes are going to be to Eckler and to Henry. I don't put any faith in that offense this year at all, and if I can avoid anyone, I will. But I I will draft Austin Eckler. That is someone I do believe in that I think, regardless of quarterback talent, he's still going to have – fantasy production Mm -hmm. and I think that the tight end and the wide receivers there rely on solid QB play which is unfortunate so I I if I can stay away from it I will to Rod Taylor (laughs) is it has he figured out how he wants to pronounce his name because didn't last year he say it was Tyrod no that's true yeah I think he did he did go out no so I said Tyrod just because yeah we'll just call him Taylor (laughs) to be safe I don't want to, you know, completely mangle his name. Yeah. Um, T. Taylor, I don't have a lot of faith in him. And then as a rookie coming in, that's just impossible no matter what. So that that's kind of like my take on it. But Eckler, I, I will if I have to. The other ones, I want to avoid if I can. Yeah, that offense is definitely going to scare me this yes. season. I mean, whether it's Herbert, who we've never seen, or Tyra or Tarad, or which we right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say Taylor. Yeah, you're, you're right on that. Um, um We've seen him before, before, but it's not necessarily been amazing. So I'm with you. There will be there will. I think one of the Eckler's the safest for sure. He's the running back. He catches the dump off passes. He's gonna get carries. So I would draft Eckler, but I'm not as high. Some some people are talking about Eckler. You know, top eight, like crazy, crazy high. I would draft him, but I'm not gonna jump and reach for him. And then Allen and Henry. Yeah, like you said, I'm probably not gonna go after them that hard. If I see Keenan Allen start to really drop because like people are just past it, because I almost look at Allen similar to the way you described Hunter Henry as like that safety blanket because he's so good at running those short routes, getting open. He's such an incredible route runner. So I could see Allen being almost like the Henry and just at the tight end and getting those short targets. But yeah, I, I don't love either one of them. If I could get them at good value, I'll draft them. But 
I really yeah, doubt. And, and I'm the same way. And even though he would be kind of, I definitely see what you mean about being that safe slot, you know, yeah. just dump off court passes. I totally get it. There's other names that are going around the fourth, fifth round that I really like. Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton. Just higher upside. Rather, right. I would much rather take a shot yeah. on those guys as opposed to sticking with somebody I know. I know it's hard if you have that relationship built with these players, yeah. like a fantasy relationship. It's, <laughs> it's so hard. That's real. That's, that's real. It is real. It yeah. is real. Like me, like David Johnson and me are oh. like, I, I'm I draft him every year. I'm not lying. I draft him every year and every I year. I write about him every year. <laughs> <laughs> I draft him every year. And I can't quit David Johnson, so I totally get it. I totally yeah. get it. Yeah, so it's hard when you have those guys that you always look at and you, you know, you're you used to them being good, but you know things change, unfortunately, and I do agree. Mm-hmm. Keenan Allen is probably not going to be the Keenan Allen he used to be with Phillip Rivers, but we'll see, we'll see who ends up starting. I'm sure that will obviously make a difference. And now this one I thought was a very interesting one. It's our second email of the day. This one is from Will, and he wants to know which under-the-radar rookie will you be looking to draft in all your redraft leagues? This is so interesting because I really avoid rookies in redraft. I stay as far away from them as I possibly can. So then the look, what exactly does under-the-radar mean? Because Mm -hmm. there's some hefty names that are out there. Um, I, I, Jerry Judy is, is it necessarily <laughs> under the radar? Um, he, he's under I the mean, radar enough. I mean, a wide receiver on the Broncos is, is always somewhat under the radar when, you know. Right. Okay. So that's, that's good because out of all of these rookies, I mean, I do love CD lamb, but I think there's, there's a lot of confusion yeah. and a lot of stuff going around on that Cowboys offense. Yeah. Uh, but I honestly think they took CD lamb just so the Eagles couldn't take <laughs> CD lamb. So there was that. That sounds like Jerry um, Jones. Yeah. Yeah. There's Jalen Rager who I love speaking of the Eagles. I really love him, yeah. especially because of this Alshon Jeffrey news that he's injured and there is no timetable for his return. So Jalen Rager is going to be a big, a big flyer for me that yeah. I will take a chance on Jalen Rager. They just need, they need offensive weapons for uh, Carson Wentz and their O-line is, is fantastic. So he's going to have the time to find these receivers, but Jerry Judy is very exciting for me too, because he is going to fulfill that slot position immediately. So Cortland Sutton is that downfield threat. He'll yeah. be able to extend the field. Drew Locke is going to be able to mature finally. He only played, what, four or five games last year. Yeah, and I'm a Missouri girl, so Drew <laughs> uh, Locke is my boy. Yeah. And I think he's going to have a connection with Jerry Judy. They're both very young. So if they can create that kind of relationship, I would not be surprised if Jerry Judy does well the second half of the year. So he's another name that's you can get pretty late in redraft that I would like. Um, if you're in a big league, let's say 14 teams, and you really want to take a shot on a flyer as like a, man, why not? <laughs> yeah. Dark throw. <laughs> Chase Claypool for the Pittsburgh Steelers is That's a, a name call, yeah. that may surprise some people. So um, I wrote this for Fantasy Pros, but he's like a cheeseburger or two away from being like a tight end. Yeah. He is gigantic, yeah, and he is fast, and he is one of the biggest end zone targets that they have on the Steelers and they're very weak at tight end but he plays very much like a tight end yeah so if he gets playing time and he does well and he's productive you could see him on the field in a very creative role especially in the end zone so he might surprise some people yeah I like that call on Claypool the Steelers always manage to have when at least when Roethlisberger is healthy they usually have two receivers that are fantasy relevant so you have Juju most likely and then Claypool, yeah, there's definitely a void there at tight end. And whether he kicks inside for tight end or they just use him in that role. But at receiver, I think he definitely, at the very least, has very high touchdown upside, like you said. I mean, he could score. Yes. Even if he doesn't catch a ton of balls or yards, 
he could catch maybe eight to ten touchdowns just off his size, and you'll get good value off that. So I like that call. Yeah. And then I, I initially thought of Jalen Rager, actually, because I think I think right off the bat he's going to be probably the best Eagles receiver. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson have both been aging and getting injured for years. I don't think anyone is excited about drafting either of those two players in fantasy anymore. And then what? You have Marquise Goodwin. We know what he is. He's just a speed guy. So, yeah, I think Jalen Rager, if, if he can adjust to the NFL speed, he is going to be someone who might be the most targeted and end up with the best stats on the Eagles at receiver. So I like him. And then a bit of a deeper one, just to keep an eye on, only because of Debo Samuel's injury, Brandon Ayuk becomes a little yes. bit more interesting now. Because if Samuel, let's say, is going to miss the first month of the season, even with him coming back, if Ayuk can build a connection with Garoppolo in that first month, and he shows how talented he is, which I think he, I was very high in him out of this draft, he could end up getting a legit role in that offense. And, and Kyle Shanahan is not afraid to use rookies. Like no, Samuel. <laughs> exactly. So he, it, it, yeah. Yeah, if Shanahan like sees the too. talent, he'll use him. So I think mm-hmm. Ayuk's interesting, but that all depends on Debo. So you got to keep an eye on his injury. Um, all right, here comes our, our first Instagram question of the day. This one is from Danielle. Um, what should I do with the Seahawks backfield? So you got Carson, you got Penny. Every year, it's kind of like a, a mix. It's a bit of a mess. How, how do you think it's going to go this year? So I think it's going to be the same. I mean, the number one rush room is to be Russell Wilson. So it's definitely avoided the Seahawks backfield for that reason. Because I just, I like to know, you know, as much as we can know things in fantasy football, I'd like to have some idea. But I do, I think Carson is better um, when he's on the field. But it's going to be a question of when is he on the field, I guess, yeah. is going to be that question. So I wouldn't mind taking Carson. You can probably get him, I think, between the third and fifth round is when he's still going because he's not one of those big elite names that are just being snatched, you know, first and second round. Um, but he's if he's still available and you want to have some running back depth, I wouldn't mind taking a shot on Chris Carson. And then if Rashad Penny is available later in your drafts to handcuff, that might be something to consider. I would have both of them if you're going to go for either of them. Uh, one important thing, too, that's going to be really weird about this year with all this COVID coronavirus stuff going on is that there is an immediate quarantine for two weeks. So instead of maybe looking at high flyers towards those last picks of your draft, maybe go for handcuffs to be on the safe side, but that is purely a personal choice. I like going for flyers, so I probably won't even be following my (laughs) own advice. But if Rashad Penny is available later, later, then he might be one you want to pick up in case the inevitable happens and Chris Carson misses some games. Yeah, I hear that. I think the whole backfield there kind of makes me nervous, but Carson actually had a better year last year than I initially thought. He played in 15 games, rushed for over 1,200 yards, had seven touchdowns, two more receiving touchdowns. So if I, if you're going to go for Carson, like you said, you definitely need to go and get Penny as a handcuff because Carson's had his injury history before. But I think both of them kind of cap each other's upside if they're both healthy. But it's, it's a good look. They run it a ton. So if you could get both, you're going to get a good backfield. It's just you have to hope one of them is the clear guy. Because if every week, you know, sometimes you get those backfields that are switching off week by week, and then that will just be a headache all year. So it will be interesting. But I would, I would go for Carson if you get him a good value. And now, what was that? 
Agreed. Oh, agree. All right. <laughs> um, our next question comes in. This one is from Sam. And he wants to know, can J.K. Dobbins realistically get enough touches to be relevant in year one in redraft leagues? That, mm, I don't think so. I, I, no. It would, well, now watch him blow up. Now that just, <laughs> but you still have Mark Ingram. You've got Gus Edwards. You've got Justice Hill. There are so many running back mouths to feed on that offense that I'm not, I don't think so. I, n not in redraft. I wouldn't take a shot on him in redraft. Yeah, I think in redraft it would take a Mark Ingram injury for that to have for any for him to be relevant. I mean, you have you have Gus Edwards who isn't necessarily the most explosive, but he gets touches. Then you have Justice Hill who they just drafted last year. We know he's going to get touches. So Dobbins without an injury, I mean, I think his talent is great, but year one without an injury, I don't know how he's going to get enough touches. Um, people keep wanting to say like, you know, he'll be like what Kamara was, you know, a few years ago, the third string and come in and take the job. But I think it's a lot easier said than done. That was a pretty, yeah. that was a pretty rare case with Kamara. So I like Dobbins, but if Ingram's healthy, I don't know if he's going to be able to be consistent enough where it's worth it in redraft. And here comes our final fan question of the day. This one is from Brian and he wants to know, will Kenyon Drake live up to the RB1 hype? I think so. I, I like Kenyon Drake. I like taking him early in drafts. I think he's going to continue to be explosive. This was the break he needed ever since Miami, ever since college, really, to be explosive and to show how fast he is, how good he is at catching the ball, and it fits so well in that offense that it's really hard to see him not being an RB1. I mean, that, in my opinion, that's only if he gets hurt, which we never want to wish injury on yeah. anybody. But, yes, I do believe he will live up to the RB1 hype, and I am going to treat him as though he is when I draft <laughs> my teams this year. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's definitely good. And we, we always knew he had the talent, but it was like he was in Miami, and he kept getting stuck on terrible offenses. He had some injury issues. But once he got to Arizona, I mean, I believe it was his first game where he had that ridiculous 160 yards rushing or something, two or three touchdowns, and he took off from there. And it's good because he, he could catch the ball, he could run the ball. It's kind of a perfect fit for this offense. So I agree. If he stays healthy, I think top 12 is definitely within the possibility. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he finished top five. I know that's pretty bold, but I can see it happening. He ran my boy David Johnson out of a job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, He literally has Johnson across the country right now because of the way he played. So yeah. yeah. He's good. Um, I hope it. I hope it wasn't a fluke. I don't think it was because when he's had his chances before, he's looked good. So if he could stay healthy and Kingsbury uses him in the right way, I think he could be pretty pretty good this year. So for everyone out there listening, that's all the fan questions, and we're gonna get to a, a quick lightning round right after we take a commercial break. And we're back here on AMA Fantasy Football, and before we close out the show. I thought we'd do a quick rankings lightning round where, Lauren, I'll give you two names and you just give me who you think is going to finish 2020 with more fantasy points. Ooh. All right. Ready okay. to go? All right. Okay. I'm ready. Number one, Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook? Derrick Henry. Okay. Mark Andrews or Darren Waller? Mark Andrews. Devontae Adams or Julio Jones? Julio Jones. Ooh, that's an interesting one. With, with, with Matt Ryan, right. yeah. <laughs> Kyler Murray or Deshaun Watson? 
Oh, spicy. Kyler Murray. Oh, how spicy. I like oh. that call. I'm with you on yeah. that. <laughs> Todd Gurley or Le'Veon Bell? Oh, Todd Gurley. Okay, Joe Burrow or Ben Roethlisberger? Joe Burrow or Ben Roethlisberger? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Ben Roethlisberger. I'll go veteran over rookie. Okay. And um, Gardner Minshew or whoever starts for the Bears, just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Gardner Minshew. Good. I just wanted to I'm make a, sure. I'm a Minshew mania person. By the way, a, I'm all about it. Minshew. I think. I, I think, it. even though they lost games, but he showed he showed something last year that I think is kind of legit. And he obviously has that personality. I think players oh, yeah. they must love playing with him if you're on his team. Um, but that's interesting. I wanted to maybe just real quick. How, how do you feel about Todd Gurley? I think he's a very interesting player this year. I can't get a read on him. So you have him over Bell. How do you feel about Gurley in general? I love Todd Gurley. So I'm actually, speaking of which, coming out with a piece very soon um, on Fantasy Pros where I look at Todd Gurley, David Johnson, and Le'Veon Bell, uh, where they're going in redrafts right now, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, which is anywhere between the third to like the seventh round, depending if you're in standard half or PPR. Mm -hmm. I like all three of them. But out of all three of them, I think Todd Gurley has the most potential to knock on that RB1 door, if not be in the top 12 once again their knee injuries of course are a concern I 100% get that but he is the only one that is the unquestioned featured back the only people behind him are a rookie Ito Smith and like Brian Hill or yeah. something he they're going to use him and I think with any kind of sustainability issues they may have they're just going to use him as a wide receiver they're going to use him in that role so I think he's going to get a ton of touches I absolutely loved I like all three of them but I think Todd Gurley just a little bit more than the other three. But with all of the changes going on with the Jets, Le'Veon Bell has a new offensive line. Sam Darnold is going to be healthy. And he has Frank Gore. A lot of people are scared of that. We have to understand Frank Gore is a veteran, and he's a line from scrimmage back, yeah. whereas Le'Veon Bell is that pass catcher. And they did not bring on any elite wide receivers. They got Brashad Perryman, uh, Braxton. Uh, and they Mario, lost Robbie Anderson. And Josh Jackson. And they have the most vacated targets in the NFL. Wow. The most. So they have to go somewhere. And what better way than to bring on a bruiser like Frank Gore to free up Le'Veon Bell yep. to give Sam Darnold more opportunity to get the ball off quickly, make better decisions. So I like Le'Veon Bell for that reason, too. And David Johnson, again, is going to be in that RB1 role in Houston. Again, there's going to be the other uh, D. Johnson, yeah. which is going to be super confusing this year, people. Oh, I'm yeah. Just It'll be very out. annoying. Which Johnson? D. Johnson. Which oh. D. Johnson? I don't know. What's this number? Who just scored the touchdown? Now I'm freaking out. Look at my scores really quick. Yeah, so that's going to be an issue, um, especially because Deshaun Watson doesn't normally target pass-catching yeah. running backs. But things are changing in Houston, and um, Bill O'Brien has to justify himself with that trade. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. riots in the streets. I mean, it's, like, not good. So he had better – use david johnson early and often like i don't care if your knee is sore get out there yeah. and roll around on the ground for a first <laughs> down as far as i'm concerned so there's so much volume there that i like so i know you only asked me about todd Gurley, but i just had to continue no, so it's, thank you. it's great no because I, I i think all three of those running backs are being discussed a ton right now because it's hard to figure out you have two going to new teams you have bell who last year was just kind of like a loss year darnold was hurt the whole thing was terrible but I really like the point you made. I'm actually higher on Bell than a lot of people. I guess you are also because yeah. I agree. I think with Darnold back, we saw, even if it was just week one, but week one, I believe he had nine catches from Sam Darnold. And 
it's a it's a great point. Frank Gore is going to be that bruiser. They're going to give him those runs that that aren't the flashy runs, the third and ones, the this that. But Le'Veon Bell is going to be out there for the majority of the time and have plenty of opportunities to catch the ball. And that's obviously where his real value will come. And then David Johnson also, I think, is going massively late in drafts. We know there's an issue this yet from his injury last year, but before his injury, he was RB6 last year for the Cardinals. He was averaging yeah. almost 18 points a game. So going to Houston now, like you said, Bill O'Brien needs to use him and a lot, or else that trade looks even worse than it already does. So yeah. the, the point that Watson doesn't throw to running backs is kind of legit, but we have to hope that changes. Without he, DeAndre Hopkins now, though, too. Yeah, so there'll be plenty of time. <laughs> Exactly. Like, I love you, Kenny Stills, but yeah, you know, and there, Brandon, there's going to be that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of open targets there. So I think David Johnson does have a chance to finish a lot higher than his ADP would indicate. Yes, which so, is good. Leave it that way because it's such a steal. You can literally get if you're drafting early or even late. It doesn't matter. You can literally like beginning middle. You can snag like Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. If you're yeah. in the middle, you can get Alvin Kamara. If you're mm-hmm. at the end, you can get Julio Jones. Come right back around, you can get a stellar, you know, tight end. When yeah. it comes back to you again, then you can pick up one, one of these guys, guys yeah. if you want to. And you, you're going to have, even if you use them in the flex, it's going to be the strongest flex position that you've had, even if you're just working on a matchup base. It doesn't matter. But they're strong RB2 options for your roster with huge weeks of yeah. just massive potential in production. I just, I love it. And I love where they're going. And I, I, I hope it drops. Yeah. <laughs> they keep falling. I'm with you. I, and you know what? Chances are with some rookies that will probably end up making names for themselves or younger guys, there's a chance they will probably drop a couple spots. And I will definitely be drafting them in the middle rounds. You're not going to get a better either RB2 or flex spot than one of these guys. And exactly. like you said, the you week- and I are now best friends. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the, their weekly upside is too good to pass up in the, in the fourth or fifth round or whatever it is. So I'm totally with you on that. And Lauren, that's it. Those are all the questions. That's the lightning round. I'm so appreciative that you came on. It's been amazing. And just before we head out, any closing thoughts and also where anyone can find you on social media and online anywhere else? You guys can find me all over social media. Um, it's at Stepmom Lauren. I also have my own website, stepmomlauren.com. Just make sure you just type that right in the URL. <laughs> Don't Google it in front of family members or anything. You never know what could pop up. Yeah. There is another Stepmom Lauren that is not fantasy football related. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But as for some closing thoughts um, from me, like let's love each other, everybody. I mean, that's that's it. Love each other, respect each other. We'll get through these ridiculously crazy times we're going through right now. So can't wait for football yeah i'm excited (laughs) i'm with you on that right now the only thing getting me through is just thinking okay in two three months we're gonna get football back and then and then everything's just gonna be good (laughs) once football's back (laughs) everything else will fall into place yes yes back to normality and then just hating fantasy football which we always oh yeah i mean i I hate fantasy football (laughs) by the way every single year i promise myself next year i am not playing fantasy football it's too stressful it ruins my year I would never not play fantasy football. I need that stress in my life. I know. Thank God my <laughs> husband plays too. Otherwise, I don't know if this marriage would work. Because yeah. I'm always mad on Sunday. And no then, matter what. Yeah, it's been like 15 <laughs> leagues. So he's like, I-, I thought you were happy this guy scored. I'm like, no. no, but I'm playing against him somewhere See, else. that's the worst <laughs> feeling ever. When you can't even cheer <laughs> for your own team. That is the absolute worst feeling. It is. Oh, that's great. But all right, um, Lauren, again, thank you so much. Everyone out there listening, we'll be here every week with amazing guests. Just send in your questions 
Again, you can find us on Twitter at AMA Fantasy, or you can email us your questions at amafantasyfootball at gmail.com. Everybody out there, stay safe. Have a great day. We're out.